Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Gillio with you live on Radio Row, Phoenix, Arizona, as uh, we get ready for Super Bowl 57. And it's funny here, as we um, as we talk on this Wednesday night, uh, last couple days, there's been more people here. I, I just noticed, it's my first time on Radio Row, but definitely more people here in the building as the week has gone on. Today I actually got here, and I was like, what is that crowd? So last night... I got here, and the crowd was maybe 100 feet to my left uh, on the NFL stage over there, the actual NFL logos over there, the NFL stage, NFL network. And I was like, what's going on over there? Because it was late. It was like, you know, it was 8 or 9 o'clock back east. And on the first night I was here, it was like, it was pretty empty in here. There weren't many people. Certainly wasn't a crowd the first night. So I walked over. I was like, what's going on over there? It was the Kelsey brothers. They're, they're recording the New Hyde podcast. So that I noticed that last night. Tonight when I got here, more like 4 Eastern or so, um, or three, three, or whatever it was. Um, I got here and I'm walking around. And I said hi to the afternoon guys and Marks and Reese and Jack. And then there was a gigantic crowd over at the FanDuel uh, tent or you know stage behind me. And I walked over there and everyone is listening to you. I'm like, who is that? And I had to like look behind the crowd and, and Gronk was was doing a spot. So it is definitely a uh, a packed house here on Radio Row. Excited to be here. Excited to talk to you guys. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. All right. Before we get back to the phone lines. Got to play this because I can't believe, I can't believe the whining that is continuing to come from San Francisco. And I don't just mean the people or the fans. I mean the players. So we know Brandon Ayuk, you know, he had his comments a couple days ago about how, you know, the Eagles kind of got lucky and Mahomes is going to tear them up. And if they didn't have bad luck with injuries, they would have thrown all over the Eagles, which, okay, if you say so. So that was Ayuk. But how about this today? Christian McCaffrey, earlier, I believe, I believe this was Kay Adams, Christian McCaffrey, Listen to what he said. It's not just that he has sour grapes. It's the it's the choice the, the, of words, the phrase used. Here's Christian McCaffrey, FanDuel TV with Kay Adams earlier. You don't want to make excuses, obviously, but it, it just sucks because we wish we had, you know, a healthy quarterback for a full game and just kind of see how the game would have panned out. Um, it's a really good team that we played, but it's just it feels like something got stolen from you. You know, I just wish it would have played out differently. Wish we could have ran that one back, but. Hopefully they change that rule where you can carry a third quarterback. That's what I hope they do. But, yeah, definitely still tough. Feels like something was stolen from them, says Christian McCaffrey. Can I, can I open everyone's eyes to something that is being ignored by everyone over the last week with this third quarterback thing? Fine. They want to change the rule? I don't have a problem with that, that you could carry an emergency quarterback just in case. But has Christian or Brandon or any of the Niners whiners thought about the fact that whoever that extra quarterback would have been, whoever it was, and I, you, I don't know who it would have been, would have been their fifth-string quarterback. Like, they put Josh Johnson out there. They weren't moving the ball with him. So the, the guy that would have been fifth, the emergency quarterback that they're all complaining and whining about, would have been, in theory, worse than Josh Johnson. It's like, what are we talking about? Like, they got robbed. Like, what, like, what do they think? They're going to have a fifth quarterback that could play? Their fourth one couldn't play. They obviously got tapped out, and, and credit to them what they did all year. Third, third is how, how far they could go down the depth chart and still move the football. It was Purdy, right? They went from Garoppolo to, or Lance to Garoppolo to Purdy, and they and they won a lot of games and moved the football with those three. They got to Josh Johnson, it died. So you, now I'm supposed to believe the guy that's worse than Josh Johnson moved the ball. It just sounds it's embarrassing. Joe, they sound so entitled. Don't they like? Oh well, if we if the rules were changed, we went on. Francisco, you see what I mean? Like, okay, maybe they if the rule was different, they would have had an actual quarterback. But that guy would have been the fifth stringer. 
Yeah, it would have been. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Like, I, I don't, I don't know who would have been their fifth quarterback on the depth chart. I'm trying to look it up right now. I, I don't think it matters. It doesn't even matter. Right, because when 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 uh, when Josh Johnson was out there, he wasn't moving the football either. It's it's ridiculous. Let's grab Bill in Northeast Philly. What's up, Bill? Hey, Joe. Good show tonight. Thank you, Bill. Uh, What's up? Well, a couple things. I, you know, I don't think I don't think that it was uh, robbery with San Francisco. It was more assault and battery, and they they deserved it. But I really want to talk about Chris Sims. I don't think you need to worry too much about what he says. Because how many Super Bowls did Chris Sims play in? Zero. None. How many NFC, AFC championship games did he play in? Zero. Zero. How many division games did he win? Championships. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he he even won many games at all in the NFL. He he got benched in college. You can't even call him a has-been because he's a never-was. So he's just trying to get his attack – He's just trying to be relevant in all what's going on. And the way to do that is to poke at somebody who's successful like he wasn't. You know what they say, those who can't do teach, those who can't do analyze. <laughs> well, that, that's fair, Bill. And, Bill, I appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I mean, look, Chris Sims has been wrong all year. He just doubles down. And that, sometimes you double down on a take, and, and, and that happens. Just Sometimes you have to. That, that's the life of having takes. Speaking of having takes, Elliot Shore Parks joining me right now. Live on Radio Row. Ellie, before we, uh, we get into all the stuff for the Super Bowl, did you ever think that we would be here together when we started the No Huddle Show? It's really, really cool to be here with it you, is. man. I mean, you think back to uh, when we started, it was probably, was it 10 years ago now? Well, Chip was the coach, right? Yeah, but we, we were, was it Carson? I feel like the beginning might have been Carson. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a really long time. I remember uh, – after the Eagles, I think it was when they beat the Bears of Carson's rookie year, standing in an airport in Chicago uh, doing the pod with you talking about, you know, just two big Carson guys at that point. And we were. about the, uh, the bright future he has. So, no, it's, uh, it's very exciting to be here with you, man. You've earned it. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this game. Well, I'm excited to have you here. Yes, if people don't know what we're talking about. When uh, Elliot, and I, Elliot and I first met, we were working at NJ.com. Yes. And we, start, we were part of starting the No Huddle Show, an Eagles podcast, along with our colleague Mark Eckel. I think, so you're right, it might have been the year Chip was f- not fire, because we named it the No Huddle Show over Chip, right? That's a good point. You're right. So it yeah. must have been during Chip. I yeah. think it was during Chip. So it's been a long time. Obviously, a lot of ebbs and flows over the Eagles. All right. Um, l- let's talk about today. And, and so you were down there for their availability. What would you, what Sirianni say hurts? What would you take away? Yeah, I mean, you know. This team is feels very ready for the moment. Um, talking to different guys on the roster, you know, we've we've discussed this, me, me and you have, but the benefits of having of having guys from Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia, like they are a roster of guys that have experienced mm-hmm. this. And I'm not saying the exact thing of a Super Bowl because clearly it's a, you know, it, it's clearly a big deal. But they've played in SEC championship games. They've played in college championship games. They've won in those games. They've been the center of attention like they are this week. So while nothing probably fully prepares you for Super Bowl week, I do notice speaking to these guys, they feel they, they, they seem very comfortable. They seem, you know, like I talked to Devontae today, and he's acting the exact same way as he did when it was like week four in the Novacare. Uh, Jalen was up today at his press conference, and, you know, I have an opinion on the press conference, but just the way he handled himself, you – you look at him up there, and it's just like he's back at the Novacare. So it just really stands out to me how uh, how calm this team is in the moment. So so tell us about the week, because I, I wonder about this. Now, this is the second time you've covered the Eagles in a Super Bowl. Yeah. How different for them is this week? Because it feels like, from what we see, it's a circus, right? They're always in front of a camera. There's always a press conference, the media night. 
like, can they keep it normal, or is it just a reality this is different? Compared to 2017. Or just compared to a normal week of, of like, last, well, like the Niners game. Yeah, like, how so, different is this week versus every other week they prepare for all year? Well, real quick, you figure in 2017, they spent the entire week inside a mall. So, well, <laughs> that, that's different. That That's certainly different. I mean, it's very nice here in Arizona. The, the weather is nice. But how, how similar can they keep it? Um... You know, they, they keep their practice schedule the, the same. They keep their meeting schedule the same. Nick Sirianni joked yesterday that his family was coming in, but he probably won't see him until Thursday because he doesn't normally see them on Tuesday and Wednesday night. So they are trying their hardest to, to keep it as, uh, as close as possible. But, you know, one benefit of what they're going through right now is they're all together all the time. You know, if they went for the Niners game, uh, clearly they're more on schedule because they're at home and, and all those things. But they all go home at night. Right. They all have their own things. Here, they're all hanging out together all the time. And I think for a head coach in Nick Sirianni that really values connection and really values relationships amongst the players and with his players, I think it actually might, in a weird way, be a benefit for them to be, you know, isolated out of – together in a resort in uh, in Phoenix. All right, Elliot Elliot Park's hanging out with us here. Um, all right, so let me ask you your feel on this, because I opened the show tonight by talking about how when, like in 2017, as the week got closer to the game, right, as we moved towards the middle of the week, towards the end of the week, I felt confident. And they were the underdogs in that game. They had Nick Foles, who yeah. obviously wasn't an MVP caliber player compared to Tom Brady. And yet, I felt like they were going to win. Like I, I just had a weird confidence. This, as this week's gone on, and maybe it's being here, maybe it's just different, maybe I'm not used to them being the favorite, I feel nervous. Like, this game is making me nervous. Maybe it's because Mahomes is, is healthier. Well, what, what are you, like, when you think about the outcome, is, are you becoming more confident that they're going to win or more, like, kind of uneasy about how good the other side yeah. is? So it's interesting. I remember when they beat the Vikings in 2017, back in our NJ.com days. Yep. Uh, we would post an article right at the gun, like right when the game was over. And my article that week, when or after that game, was here's why they're going to win the Super Bowl. I was sure they were going to beat the Patriots. My confidence never wavered. That was my gut feel the whole time. When it was the Chiefs, my initial gut reaction was, this is going to be a tough one. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's going to be really hard to beat Kansas City. But I'm flip. Uh, I'm kind of the reverse of you okay. a little bit. As the week has gotten closer, I'm spending more time around the team, uh, seeing how they feel, their, just their confidence level, talking to them about matchups and all those type of things. I'm getting more confident that they are going to win the game. Now, it's going to be extremely tough. I mean, I, you know, I think the Eagles have earned the right to have confidence from fans. They've been an outstanding team this year. They've dominated really every challenge that's been put in front of them. But this is, a, this is a different type of challenge. I mean, this is a Kansas City team that is led by probably the best quarterback in the NFL, is coached by one of the best coaches in NFL history. And in an, off, an offensive league where quarterbacks and head coaches really decide games, it's going to be really, really hard to beat Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. It is. And I, and I think, and I'm curious how you think the game's going to play out like stylistically. Because we've had a lot of calls where we say they're going to win 24-21 or they're going to win 24-14. Like, I, I think they're going to need points. Last okay. time they were in this game – Against Tom Brady, they needed well, they needed 34, but they got 41 points, yeah. right? But they needed they needed basically all those points to beat Tom Brady. I, I think they're going to have to score a lot of points to win. I, I don't foresee a way they can win this game in the low 20s. Like they're going to need to score in close to 30 or more to beat Mahomes. Yeah, I go back and forth on that because I agree with you on, on a macro scale, right? Like it, I would be worried about this team winning a shootout against Patrick Mahomes, but but I also kind of think that if you tell me like. If you gave me the final score and I had to predict the winner off that, I actually think the lower the score, the better for the Eagles because 
I just don't know about them in a shootout, and it means that their defense is playing well. If the Chiefs get over 30 points, that means their their offense is clicking, right? And this is a defensive line that's not getting pressure. It's uh, just a defense that's struggling. And if the defense struggles against Patrick Mahomes, I don't know if the Eagles can score enough points. Like, if, if Mahomes and the offense is clicking for the Chiefs, it is going to be really, really hard to beat them in a shootout. I mean, you think about what it took to beat the Patriots in 2017. It took 41 points. Mm-hmm. It took trick plays. It took almost perfect quarterback play from Nick Foles. You know, there's there's a debate sometimes about would they have still won it if Carson was playing. And, you know, that's probably a show for another day. But the reality is almost no quarterback could play better than Nick Foles did that day. And it's just asking a lot for perfection from the Eagles' offense. So so I do think winning a shootout for them is going to be very difficult. The lower score, the, the better, I think. All right, where are you on, on Jalen Hurts and where he's at right now? Because the one thing, it's kind of weird to evaluate how he's played since he came back from the injury. Because I, th- I thought the first game back, week 18, he just wanted to be out there to help them win that game. Like, he just was yeah. just trying to get through it. Okay, then we have the bye week. And I thought he threw the ball well against the Giants. Uh, the stats were great. Protected the ball. The numbers weren't great. I didn't. I thought he missed a couple down the field that he's hit all year. I'm not sure if that was the shoulder, the Niners' defense, just a bad day. Like, where do you, what are you feeling on Hurts? Because I think before the injury, the confidence was like, I just expect him to play great every week. I'm not sure what he's going to do in the in the pass game Sunday. Yeah. So I, I have two Jalen Hurts thoughts. The first is just real quick off his press conference. Uh, he he did speak today, as we just talked about, and man, he is exactly who you want. To be to have representing your franchise, just up there, all this media, tons of different countries asking him questions, reporters from all different countries asking him questions, all types of variations of questions from football to leadership to to how he thinks of himself in terms of uh, you know when when kids are watching and all those things, and he just nailed it. So I do think in a year that's been so focused on is Jalen the guy. I mean, the Eagles have to be thrilled that on this stage they are being represented by him. And I think that's important to say, just coming off of of what he did today at the press conference. But in terms of his play, I actually feel like he's been good in the playoffs. I I think what what makes Jalen a good quarterback is he does what is needed of him, right? I don't think he ever tries to go outside the game plan or force things. And the reality is, against the Giants and the Niners, he did not have to force things. He didn't have to try to you know, show off the arm. He didn't have to try to really make a ton of plays in the passing game. They were up, what, 28 to nothing against the Giants at halftime. I think it was 21 to three or seven at halftime against the, uh, the Niners with a, you know, four string quarterback in there essentially. So they clearly felt very comfortable with that lead. I agree with you. There has been two throws he's missed the AJ throw ironically, you know, in both games, against The Giants and the Niners, but I seem to be in the minority with this. I did not leave either game feeling concerned about hurts. Now, can he get them into the high 30s? That's a different question. But I do think that he's played well enough in the playoffs so far where I, I don't have a concern going into the game. Yeah, and physically, the, the one thing I am I'm feeling good about is I thought he looked the best after the bye before the Giants game, mm-hmm. right? or like during the Giants game after the bye. Like I thought last week would be his most difficult game physically because he played the Giants and it was just one week to play the Niners. I thought like, that shoulder's got to be bothering him. But now he's had two weeks. It feels like he should be okay. I mean – he, he said it over and over. He's dealing with something, but he's not on the injury report. It, it's, it's kind of weird. Do you think at some point we'll get more clarification on what this has been? Yeah, my guess is pretty soon after the game. Yeah. Ends, we'll, you know, we'll find out exactly. I mean, you remember last year when they lost to Tampa, he showed up to his postgame press conference in a boot, right? And at that point, there was talks that you know his ankle was bothering him, but it certainly wasn't a huge storyline over the final months of the season. So, 
Yeah, I mean, physically, I, I think he's probably good to go. And, you know, it is interesting how he talks about it, where he says, you know, I'm dealing with something, I'm dealing with something. They don't really hide from the fact that he's hurt. But, you know, he's going to have to be really good, really, really good against Kansas City for them to win. Yeah, he is. 215-592-9494. Let's say some phone calls. Elliot hanging out for the hour. Randy is in Upper Darby. Randy's calling him about the 49ers whining, which I know you and, uh, and James uh, addressed on the Go Birds pod. What, what's up, Randy? Man, what's going on, man? What's up, buddy? What are you thinking? Look, this is some BS. They could all kiss my ass and all the Eagles' offensive line's ass cause if if, or defensive line. Because if their offensive line would have done their job, they wouldn't have lost their fucking their quarterback. Randy, appreciate the phone call. Randy's fired up. Randy's fired up for sure. Yes, and that that is uh, understandable. So, well, I was going to say, you know what's I just think funny about the 49ers, like the way they're talking about this? I mean – First of all, the Christian McCaffrey says today, well, they need to institute a rule to have, like, a fourth quarter. We whatever. just played it as you were walking in, yep. yeah. As if that would have made any difference. What quarterback is taking the role of the emergency guy on the sideline that has any value, right? Like, Well, hey, that guy's worse than Josh Johnson. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. There, he's essentially saying with a fifth-string quarterback, they would have had a better chance. I, I just, you know, the bottom line is we all saw that game. At the beginning of the game, they dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides, offensive line, defensive line. They, the Niners were not going to win that game. The Eagles were the better team. They dominated early. And, of course, Brock Purdy getting knocked out impacted it. And I do understand to a certain point what Brandon Ayuk is saying. But, yeah, it, clearly we weren't able to run our stuff as well. But it's because the Eagles played so well early on. Yeah, and, and again, their fifth-string quarterback would not have done any better than Josh Johnson. Do you still think there's something out there in the NFL where it's not every team fully believes in this and respects the Eagles? It's, it's weird. Like, the Niners are almost talking as if, like, if they had a, it just had a quarterback, they would have won the, won, won the game. The Giants have been yapping for two weeks now about Sirianni, about this team. It almost feels like other teams can't believe how good they are, and they're like, nah, not really. Yeah, yeah they, they win every game. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting. I mean, I think sometimes because of how talented they are, in a weird way, their, accomplishes are, their accomplishments are diminished, so maybe that piling up talks people into thinking they're not that good. Yeah. But, but when you look at it, I mean, their defense is, you know, outstanding. Their offense is one of the best in the league. Their quarterback is an MVP candidate. Their head coach should have been a coach of the year candidate. Reddick should have been a defensive player of the year candidate. Like, they're an awesome team. So you are right. It does seem around the league. Now, the two two examples we're talking about are two teams that they eliminated. So you do understand why they're bitter, not good. Yeah, yeah, a little bitter. Grapes. But, yeah, uh, Look, I, I think that if, whatever it might be, they beat the Chiefs on Sunday. There's there's no more diminishing what they've accomplished. No, it doesn't matter what people say because they're the champions. Tony is up talking about Jalen Hurts. What's up, Tony? Hey, how you doing? Good, Tony. What's up? Uh, sorry, I had to shut off my Bluetooth. Listen, uh, I, I um, the narrative about uh, Jalen Hurts not winning the MVP, I have like one point that nobody's brought up, and I don't understand why. If Jalen Hurts needed to play that game, he would have played it. But they didn't need to. What game are we talking about? The, the Dallas game. Well, he was hurt. Well, I don't he think could, he could have played he that could game. Not have played, yeah. Well, you don't think he could have, but he said he could have played it. And if they would have needed him to play it, they would have. So they let him rest for two weeks, and then they won the last game. If he played that game and they won that game, he would have rested for two weeks. So he still would have had two weeks off. Oh, I understand so your point. If he, if, he, he, if he hadn't gotten hurt. Automatically, just because Patrick Mahomes lost to Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Indy, he had to play the rest of the season. Why does that automatically make him the MVP? Yeah, but Tony, so I agree that uh, Jalen, she should be the MVP in my opinion. 
But I actually think what ended up costing Jalen the MVP, because I, I do think Mahomes is going to win it, is not missed time or anything like that. People just don't seem to be impressed by what Jalen did simply because of the talent around him. And I think it's such a, like, surface-level, silly, flawed argument to diminish what he's done because of the talent around him. All great quarterbacks have talent around them. Patrick Mahomes has Andy Reid. He has Travis Kelsey. He has a great offensive line. And I, I think that because of the wrong misconception that, uh, that, he does, that he has too much talent around him, that cost him. I don't think it's the missed games. So you don't think it's the, the missed games because that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, he would have missed the last two games anyway if he won that game. Yeah, I don't think that cost him the MVP. Yeah, and the way I look at it, Tony, I mean, I think that obviously impacted it because I think if Jalen Hurts played the entire season, maybe we're like have a tie. Like, it's clo- really close. Right. I, I don't think it's going to be close tomorrow. Tomorrow, I think Mahomes is going to win. I agree. Yeah, well, he's going to gonna... look at how – I mean, he got first-team All-Pro. I think he – so that's normally a pretty good – Yeah, I, I think if there's 50 votes or – like, he'll get 45 of the first of the first place votes, is my guess. But – Ellie, the other thing I think about it is people can't get over their initial perception of players. I always think that's part yeah. of it. Like, the, the initial perception is Jalen Hurts is not that good. And you're right about the players around you. Like, pick out an MVP quarterback. They have other Hall of Famers, I'm sure, on the team with them. Joe Burrow has T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Uh, Josh Allen, Gabriel Davis, and Stephon Diggs. Right. Justin Herbert has great receivers around him. I mean, Mahomes is the only one that doesn't have great receivers around him, but he has maybe the best offensive coach of all time on the sidelines. And an all-time tight end. All-time, t- all-time tight end, great pass-blocking offensive line. I, I don't know why it is with Jalen, but-, but it's something you see with Jalen all the time. I mean, you look at his football career. And I'll, uh, I'll, this is my first time I'll, you know, drop this take. I'll save it for, uh, for Gilio. But I'm excited for this. If he wins the Super Bowl on Sunday, if they go out and they beat the Chiefs, how many people who have played football can say by the age of 24 they have a better resume than Jalen Hurts? When you consider he went and played high school football in the toughest state in the country to play at, Texas, and he was elite there, got recruited to Alabama, won a national championship at Alabama, went to Oklahoma and almost won the Heisman, came to the NFL, and within two years as a starter, was an MVP finalist and a, and, a, uh, and a Super Bowl champion. How many people walking this earth can say they've accomplished that much in the game of football by the age of 24? Not many, and we got to dive into the full take with the Hurts and Mahomes one. Because I, I, I've, I've said for a while now, Mahomes is off to the best start I've ever seen any quarterback start off. I mean, even better than Brady, right? Because yeah. he was an MVP early. Brady was more like a game manager early, but... But the way you framed it with Hertz, like at age 24, all the accomplishments, it's it's off the charts. Two one five five nine two ninety four nine four. Elliot Shore Parks hanging out. We're live on Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona. We'll come back. Your phone calls, and Elliot will will give us the full take on Mahomes and Hertz that that set the uh, set. I think they set this place today ablaze a little. But we'll discuss that. Your phone calls two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's how you hop in. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Elliot Shore Parks hanging out. WIP goes to AZ. Championship coverage brought to you by SEPTA. The Philly way to go as we broadcast live from Radio Row. All right, Elliot, before we go back to the phone, talk to people here. You got you to tell us the take that hit the internet today about yeah. Mahomes and Hurts. And, and then you can explain it. Because sometimes I think when there's an internet take or a Twitter take, right? There's not enough context, right? It's just, just the way it is. And right. then people can interpret it the way they want. So you can explain it. So so hit us with it. Yeah, I mean, the way I would put it, the tweet was... No, yeah, if, you, you want to read it. Yeah, you read it. Okay, so if you built the ideal quarterback from scratch, you'd build a quarterback closer to Jalen Hurts than Patrick Mahomes. That's just a fact when looking at what matters in today's NFL. Okay. So here's what I'm saying. If you gave a team a ball of clay and said... Build your ideal quarterback. You can make whatever you want. The you know, the sculpt him however. 
that quarterback would come out looking closer to Jalen than it would Patrick Mahomes when it comes to skill sets. And here's why. When you look at what Patrick Mahomes does, he's obviously an amazing quarterback, right? We were talking about during the break. He's on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Yeah, he's, right? he's the best quarterback in the league right now. Through two years, Jalen has accomplished, if he wins on Sunday, almost almost what, what Patrick Mahomes has in his two first years in the NFL, right? If he wins on Sunday, he'll have as many Super Bowls. He will have been close to an MVP like, uh, like Mahomes was, and he's led an elite passing offense. The difference to me is that Jalen Hurts is able to run the ball at a level Mahomes can't. And we saw this year a running quarterback puts pressure on defense in a way a quarterback that doesn't do it as well simply can't. Well, you're right about that. I mean, so Mahomes can run, but Hurts is a runner, right? Mahomes can, is mobile. Hurts is a runner. That, that, there's no question about that. But what about the difference in how prolific Mahomes is as a thrower, right? Like, I, I think Hurts has taken leaps and bounds yeah. as a thrower. But, I mean, Hurts has taken leaps and bounds. But Mahomes has been, like, an all-time thrower. He's an amazing thrower of the football. But what have the Eagles done with Jalen Hurts as, as their quarterback? They have had one of the best passing offenses in the NFL. And people say, well, imagine if the Eagles had Mahomes on this roster. How good would they be? Well, would they be in the Super Bowl as favorites to win? Yeah, they can't be that they much better. They can't be that much better. They're literally in the Super Bowl. And for what it's worth, favorites against the team that has Patrick Mahomes. So, look, Patrick Mahomes right now in his fifth year is better than Jalen Hurts is right now, right? But again, I'm talking about skill sets. And we saw this year that if you have a quarterback that puts pressure on opposing defenses with his legs, it's a game changer. The Eagles are able to run the ball at an elite level for a lot of reasons. Miles Sanders has had a great year. The offensive line, Jeff Stoutland. Maybe the main one is Jalen puts pressure and takes a defender away in the run blocking. Mahomes does not do that. Mahomes has an arm that's unbelievable, but at the end of the day, he does not pressure a team as a runner the way that Jalen does. And I think you're seeing around the league, like if we would have talked about this before the season, I would have said, by far, number one, biggest quality in a quarterback is his passing arm. Now, I can look here as if me and you sit here in the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts having taken the Eagles there and say, if I were building my quarterback, of course throwing is still most important, but ultimately, you have got to have a quarterback in today's NFL that can make off-script plays and, can, and that can put legit pressure on a defense as a runner. So ultimately, while Mahomes is amazing and he's done great things, Jalen, through two years, if he wins on Sunday, will have done a lot of what Mahomes did. And I think it goes exactly to your point about pre preconceived notions of players. If Jalen was the number one overall pick and was in this game, nobody would laugh off the idea that Jalen yep. is just as good as Mahomes or whatever, you know, has the same Close, a yeah. better skill set. But because he's the 53rd overall pick that got benched in a game seven years ago or whatever it was and had a not great rookie year last year, people have decided what Jalen is. But people that have watched Jalen this year and watched every snap actually know what he is. And what is he? He is the best dual-threat quarterback in the NFL right now and has a skill set that teams should be looking for when trying to build their franchise. So I do think, and I saw the reaction to your tweet today, people were losing their minds. I people do think. closed-minded. Yeah, well, that's what people are often closed-minded with new takes. Yes. They, they don't want they they don't want to believe this could be true. I I do think the people that were responding to you today would probably be surprised at how close they were passing categories this year. Obviously, volume Mahomes yeah. wins; he throws the ball more. Um, but completion percentage this year, Mahomes was sixty-seven-one, hurts sixty-six-five, and that's almost identical. Yep. 
Um, passer rating this year, 105.2 Mahomes, 101.5 Hurts. Like, that, that, that's pretty negligible, the difference this season. Well, and also, if you look at their first two years as starters, so both of them basically didn't play their rookie year. So if you look at years two and three for them, and they were both 24 by the end of it, uh, Patrick Mahomes, 66% completion percentage. Jalen Hurts, 64% completion percentage. Patrick Mahomes, 17 interceptions. Jalen Hurts, 15 interceptions. Total touchdowns, if you include the rushing, right? 61 touchdowns for Hurts, 80 for Mahomes. So Mahomes has more touchdowns. But look at the rushing numbers. Jalen has 1,500 yards, just about over it, in uh, his first two years, and 23 rushing touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes has 490 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Yes, Mahomes can make great plays when he needs to, and, like, he can do it. But he can't do what Hurts does. The gap between Mahomes as a thrower and Hurts is smaller than the gap between Mahomes and Hurts as a runner. So let me ask you this big picture because you're talking about molding a quarterback. Do you worry about one of these two guys being having a long career versus the other one not? No. You don't worry about you don't worry about Jalen's injuries adding up. No. Because because it's not worth worrying about, or you just think he'll just overcome them. Like Cam Newton was kind of cooked at thirty, right? Because he got a lot of he was banged up a lot. Like I, that's and and look, Jalen has a long runway till thirty. Like I'm not saying they shouldn't resign and, him. And, and Cam was a very different runner. Cam yeah, was an effective runner. But he would but lower his shoulder. He would lower his shoulder. Yeah. He would run into guys. Like Jalen has been injured with you know fairly minor injuries the last two years, but but injuries that you know right. cost him time. Um, but he is very smart about how he gets hit, where he gets hit, about going down, all those things. I mean, look, Mahomes had a fairly serious knee injury the one year, like the kneecap thing that mm-hmm. happened to him. Uh, he is also currently hurt heading into this game. He is. Right? Um, and with a, with a probably more severe injury. I mean, you know, we could toss up which one's more severe. But ultimately, Mahomes gets hurt, gets injured as well. I just think, and this is probably a lesson from the Carson Wentz thing, injuries happen. You know, like – Yes, you can try your best to avoid them and all those things, but even the, even a quarterback that just stands in the pocket, Joe Burrow, he tore his ACL already in the NFL. Yep. Like guys are going to get hit, guys are going to get hurt. So I see your point about the amount that he runs and everything, but at the end of the day, I'll just take the guy that's a more dynamic passer. I'm sorry, playmaker, and, and just you know cross my finger. Yeah, I've started to think that that injuries with quarterbacks and longevity is almost like pitchers in baseball some break some don't you don't know right yeah. like like Roy Halladay was done like that and then some guys like um, Cole Hamels lasted a long time right just it's hard it's hard to tell and like Russell Wilson he just fell off a cliff at 32 I mean I don't know like if I had a guess right now I doubt Jalen plays till he's 40 that's just like at a high level well, but I don't think you could say that about any quarter. probably right well almost well that's the other thing from the Carson thing I remember when Carson was really good and again we were doing our no huddle show the question was okay so it's not about now. It's about the next 10 years, right? Right. I think when you look at the NFL and you look at, like, how long can I trust a guy? I'm looking three years, four years. I don't care about seven years from now. Seven years is an eternity in the NFL. I think any team, even Patrick Mahomes, is being foolish by saying, we'll have this guy in seven years, right? It's just it's too hard to predict. The game is too physical. So when I look at can I trust a guy to stay healthy – Jalen's been the starter for two years in the NFL, and he's missed three total games, right? Yeah, I think over the next four years, there's zero concern. Well, I shouldn't say zero. There's no more concern with Jalen than there is any other quarterback in his ability to play and stay healthy. So, so, so this was got a lot of reaction. Have you, do you pay attention to the reaction when they get this big, or you just let it go? Look, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not going to pretend. Like, I read almost every tweet I get. <laughs> I just do. Like, I, you know, I, I love Twitter. I love engaging in sports debate. I love Eagles fans. So, I now, I will say this is 
surpassed Eagles fans. Yeah, this went this went national. <laughs> yeah, this went national. I just think what what frustrates me about the reaction to saying that Jalen has a better skill set than Mahomes is a lot of people just go, ah, it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, why don't we actually talk about it? Like, actually break it down. Patrick Mahomes is an outstanding player, and his name holds weight because he's earned that right. But if you look at, again, if you remove the names, if you just remove the names, what Jalen has done at the age of 24 and what Mahomes did by the age of 24 is very comparable, and especially if Jalen wins on Sunday. So let me throw this comparison at you because I've used the comparison a lot. He Hurts reminds me of Steve McNair. He reminds me a lot of the way he plays. And I went back and looked at 2003 – McNair and Peyton Manning were co-MVPs of the league. And I think if Jalen didn't get hurt, we could have been headed for that, right? They could have been co-MVPs. Yeah, I felt like they were never going to give it to him, but yes. But, but we were close, maybe. It was close, yeah. So I feel like if we went back to 03, if you said this about McNair, it wouldn't have been crazy. Now, he just didn't last as long, right? Like, he, like three years later, it was kind of over, and then yeah. obviously tragedy. He, he passed away a few years after that. But, like, Peyton Manning just kept going for 13 years. So, like, in retrospect now, it's like... They're not even close. But right. at the time, they were co-MVPs. Yeah. I don't think what you're saying is crazy. I just think one has done more for longer. So people have like this reaction like he's an all-time great already, and Hurts hasn't done that yet. And I think there is a perception that Hurts – like we get, people want to see him do it over and over. Well, and I think what, what a lot of people have said is, well, how can you say that? Patrick Mahomes has been to you know, like five straight conference championship games, and he's whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, man, he has, he's played more. He has more time to accomplish these things. But so I think it's only fair to look at these guys in their first two years. And in their first two years, Mahomes, the first year he was uh, the starter for the Chiefs, he won, I believe, one playoff game, lots of conference championship game. Hurts made the playoffs, didn't win a playoff game. Their second year, uh, you know, second year as a full-time starter, they both got to the Super Bowl. There is a chance that if Jalen wins on Sunday, we're talking about them having essentially the same – the, the same year. Now, I know Mahomes throws more passing touchdowns, but at the end of the day, Jalen's offense scores just as much. They win as many games. They're favorites in the game, right? So what we've seen with Jalen, and I've been, uh, a vic- I've, I've been guilty of this at times, is you look at him and you go like, well, he has this limit, whatever. Every time there has been a limit set on Jalen Hurts, he has pa- surpassed it. Yep. Whenever a ceiling is put there, he has smashed through it. So I think anybody that's going to say, well, it's Mahomes, like blah, blah, blah. No, like Jalen has accomplished more than Mahomes has if he wins on Sunday by the age of 24 than Mahomes has. That's just a fact. And so to, to say it's foolish that the, it's to compare the two, I think is being disrespectful to Jalen. Well, and the, the age thing is critical. I mean, most guys are in their – wasn't Kenny Pickett older than Jalen Hurts? Yeah. Like, the, the age is a factor. I think I found a guy who will, oh, I was gonna say, I saw who will agree with you. Yeah. OG Wade and Chester's up as we debate Mahomes and Hurts and the future in this press game coming on Sunday. What's up, OG? What's up, fellas? How we doing today? Good. How you doing? Great, man. Uh, ESP, man, you my dude, man. And, and I'm proud of you. Okay? Well, OG, I'm proud man, of you, you because you've been, you've been right a lot about him. So you, you deserve What you're doing is you're breaking it down – and taking the emotion out. I've been trying to get people to understand something. And um, just to combat or to add to what you've already said, how Jalen is better or what have you, or is comparable, I would say, okay? My point was this here. If you want to look at who's better, instead of looking at stats, because all that stuff really don't matter much at all, because if you say that Patrick Mahomes throw more touchdowns, 5,000 yards, guess what? We still ended up with what? Scoring the same amount of points again. You know what I'm saying? Yep, exactly. So that can't really help you. So let's go to really where it needs to be at. Which quarterback of the two does more for their team than the other? 
that's how you come out with who's a better quarterback, player, most valuable player. Which player does more for his team and his franchise than the other? Does, does Patrick Mahomes make uh, Kansas City offensive line better? Uh, well, he does get rid of the ball pretty quickly. No, no, no. I mean, he does Hold get... on. Here's what I'm saying. All I'm saying is this here. When we talk about Lane Johnson not giving up a, a sack in two years, part of that is because Jalen's never there when, it's, when, when his man gets beat. Yep, So agreed. Jalen helps him out there. So when now to the running game. It, it, does Patrick Mahomes help Kansas City's running nope. game? Nope. No. No. Does Pat, you know, does Patrick Mahomes – Take care of the football. No, Jalen takes care of the football. And it's and in, and in reality, that, that helps your team win the game. Because at the end of the day, you win the line of scrimmage, you win the defensive line of scrimmage, you rush the ball, you don't turn the ball over, you're almost guaranteed to win games. We've literally seen, watched Patrick Mahomes lose Kansas City games with interceptions. Yep, How do we take turn a blind eye to that? I know everybody likes glitter and, and flash. But when you're trying to break down two players that is both of them great in their own right. So let's not even say if you have one, you ain't got none. No, I would take both of them if I, you know, if I had a well, choice. And wait, but, really quick, I think that's an important distinction because people take this as a slight on Patrick Mahomes. It's not a slight on Mahomes. It's no. saying what Hurts is. Yeah. Well, also, before you go on, wait, we're talking about the two best quarterbacks in the NFL this season. So yeah, it's like exactly. they're, they're one and two, yeah. I mean, my, my, my whole thing has been – and, and I started to – when I put my eyes on Jalen, his his style of play, it's not flashy. It's not – because that is how he, he is wrapped. He don't care. When they asked him in his first year, you know, how are you going to score this? Do you worry about throwing it? He said, all I want to do is score. All I want to do is win. That don't matter. Like, but for the people that write books and pick awards, they want to see these – Touchdown. They want to see 5,000 yards, but at the end of the day, you got to understand, Jalen Hurts is actually setting a new standard in the NFL. And it's guess what? People don't like it. Older quarterbacks don't like it because it's like you're taking away what we what we, we, we were doing. Hey, get, get used to it because Jalen just set a new standard of quarterback in the NFL. Well, like and, and, and he has this team, you know, if he, and OG, we appreciate it. I mean, if he, if they win a Super Bowl, there's going to be more, to your point about molding a quarterback, more teams are going to want a quarterback like Jalen. I mean, look at the quarterbacks that are drafted high these days, right? Uh, you know, uh, Justin Fields drafted high, right? Like, I think you have to have a mobile quarterback. But here's another thing to OG Wade's point. The first two years as starters, Mahomes, 23-7, and seven, won Super Bowl. Hurts, 22-8, and eight, and as of Sunday, one Super Bowl. So you can talk about, again, Toji's point, 50 touch, like whatever, blah, blah, blah. Bottom line is Hertz is getting it done just like, at the same level in terms of team accomplishments as Mahomes has. Well, and, and touchdowns are touchdowns. I, I hate the, like, well, he had 30, 22 passing, 13. But he had, then he had 35, well, right? So here, like, touchdowns are touchdowns. Here's why I think that I'll disagree with you a little bit on that. I agree that, look, all touchdowns are worth six points, right, is what it is. But I do think a key distinction is you have to be able to throw the ball. Like, right. As a team, you've got to be able to throw the ball. I had this debate with James Seltzer on the Go Birds pod in the offseason, and I was saying, you know, I wanted to see Hurts throw 30 touchdowns during the year. This isn't the training camp stat thing. This was during the year. I wanted to see 30 passing touchdowns. And he was like, well, it doesn't matter how he gets them. What if he throws for all these yards and he runs a bunch in from the one-yard line? And I was like, all right, well, in that case, I'll be okay with it. Which right? that's what's going to happen. And that's what happened, yeah. right? So ultimately, 
at the end of the day, the with Hertz as your quarterback, you can have an elite passing offense. They saw you. They 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 showed that this year. So in that case, I think the passing touchdowns don't matter. I think where it does matter is if you can't pass the ball and your your quarterback constantly has to run it. But they can they can throw the ball. Yeah, only two quarterbacks this year had at least fifteen games started and eight or better yards per attempt. Mahomes and Hertz. Yeah, they were and there's one threw it more. Right, and but I guess you know this goes back to your question you asked about the team in general. I've only covered Jalen for three years, so I wasn't there at Alabama. I wasn't there at Oklahoma. I just wonder what it is about him where people are unwilling to discuss him at the level of his accomplishments. You know, because, again, he went to Alabama. And I know. He got benched in one game, but he also came in in the, another game and helped win the national championship. He set all types of record as a, at records uh, as a freshman at Alabama. He goes to Oklahoma. I mean, looking back, his college stats at Oklahoma were insane. I saw recently someone put up the most yards passing ever at Alabama. Yeah. He's like 5,000 clear of anybody else. Yeah, it's, it's, And they've had some good quarterbacks. It's insane. I mean, I actually think Jalen's accomplishments in the NFL – could go could could change how quarterbacks are evaluated to a certain extent because Jalen fell to where he was because he was perceived not to have elite physical tools as right. an arm right I mean clearly as an athlete he, he's outstanding but you know uh, I was talking to Devonte Smith about this today and asked what makes what makes him a winner right and Devonte goes I just don't get how anybody can can't like this guy and I understand why he would say that now because he won he's won everywhere he's been. And I think that the draft process where they misevaluated him was, okay, his arm's not a rocket arm. Bottom line is he's a great deep ball passer. Mm-hmm. He can throw the ball. And what he did in college has completely translated to the NFL. So my theory on it is people don't like to admit they're wrong. And the first time people watched, like really watched him, like the most people in America was when he got pulled out of the game. Yeah. right? So the perception was he, he's not good enough. Yeah, and people just jumped on that, and then I, I just think people can't admit like the Chris Sims thing. He can't get off it. Like people can't. Here's the thing: if you're gonna have takes, you're gonna be wrong sometimes. You got to, you, you got to just. You don't have to tell us, Joe. Uh, we we know it. <laughs> Someday you say, you know what? I was wrong on that one, and you move yeah. on. Yeah, it happens. Well, I always say I think the best minds are the ones that are willing to change them. Yes. At the end of the day, like I, I, I yeah, I just yeah. So I think with Jalen. There is a perception where people are unwilling to change their mind about what he is. But there's a reason he is on that Super Bowl banner next to Patrick Mahomes. It isn't luck. He wasn't carried here. The idea that it is foolish to compare the two when they're literally playing against each other in the Super Bowl and – One's the favorite. Like, I, I just don't. Well, and they're going to finish one and two in MVP. Yep, 100%. So the other thing I, I think, and, and to Wade's point and yours, maybe changing quarterback play, the thing I think he does best, and it's it's not, like, flashy or exciting. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't yep. take negative doesn't plays. doesn't show up on the, uh, on the statue. You know what it reminds me of? And eventually he became a uh, more of a prolific quarterback. And I know it's a big comp, Elliot. He, it reminds me of early in Tom Brady's career. Yeah. He was a game manager, right? Like he, But you know what he never did? He never made a mistake in those Super Bowls. He, Kurt Warner made mistakes. Donovan McNabb made mistakes. Jake Delholm made mistakes. And he just kept racking up rings because the other team made mistakes. Well, so I looked this up this morning, speaking of turnovers. The Chiefs this year, when it comes to winning the turnover battle, not winning the game, but just what was their record and when you know they had fewer turnovers than their opponent. Right. The Chiefs this year were 8-8-3. Eight, eight, and three. So eight times they, you know, whatever, right? Three times they were tied. So even. They were essentially even. Yeah, exactly even. Well, yeah, 100% even, yep. not essentially. Um, the Eagles this year, 12-5-2. They win the turnover battle they win. all the time. And why do they win it all the time? Because of their quarterback. When Carson Wentz was the quarterback in 2020, all the turnovers weren't his fault. Receivers ran wrong routes, blocks were missed, all that stuff. But when you have a quarterback at the top of your roster and the leader of your team that is so reckless with the ball – 
it, 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 you know, it filters down, right? And with Jalen at quarterback, he is able to take care of the ball at such an elite level, and he's so protective with it and safe with it while also making plays. Because right. as you mentioned, only two quarterbacks with above whatever it was, eight yards and attempt, right? But he's so safe with the ball that it filters through the whole roster. They win the turnover battle consistently. When you have a great offensive line, a great defensive line, and you win the turnover battle, you're going to end up favorites in the Super Bowl. Well, and it was obvious for this aspect of his game, the first time we watched him, that first game against the Saints, remember that team took a million sacks with Wentz and they had a million turnovers. He yeah. came in that first game, and, and he was not as good as he is now, but I don't think they had any sacks or turnovers in that game, and I was like, well, you can win like this. Well, he came in, and they immediately beat the best team they had played that year on their schedule, yeah. I think. That Saints team was pretty good that year, if I, if I remember correctly. And they had a good defense. Feels like, yeah, exactly. They had a great defense. So They were good. I think they were like the number two seed in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. they were a good team. Yeah, and they came in, and, 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 and he beat them. So he just plays a winning style of football. He just does. And, and you know, O.G. Wade said this, and other people say it. Like, he's not a flashy player. And I can see where that comes from because he's so safe with the ball and all those things. But he makes a ton of exciting plays. Sure. You know, it, it isn't like they're winning these games 17 to 13 and he's, you know, game managing it up and down the field to field goals. I mean, he makes really good plays on third downs when he needs to. He has electric touchdown runs. I mean, he makes great throws, too. Like, you know, in this Niners game, you talked about how maybe he wasn't that great. There was a throw early on in that game. I think it was third and eight. A blitz came right at him. He lofts it over the fingertips of the blitzer drops down now it's low but it had to be low aj brown catch aj brown catches it right so like that's not a play that's going to be a sports center top 10 but that's an extremely important extremely like elite level slash flashy play that helps them win that game yeah and he's also learning that the play that Devontae didn't really catch it like he he's really good at throwing the ball where only his guy could 100%. get it yeah. that was a really good throw I mean it was a tough catch but no one was getting that by exactly and no one got it but no one was getting that besides Devontae. right all right Elliot I appreciate you hopping in hanging out so what is uh is the agenda over for the night I feel like it might have to be at yeah. this point right but uh no yeah so uh no more tonight I don't think and then tomorrow morning there'll be a new go birds pod uh and look I mean the days are winding down here right they they had a countdown clock I guess they took it off radio row but I mean, it's almost here, and I can't wait for the game to kick off. I mean, it's uh, it's as fun as it is to talk about. I'm ready to just see what happens. I, I agree. Elliot Shore Parks hanging out. Hear him tomorrow. Go Birds Pod with uh, James Seltzer early, right? It'll be up early? Yeah, it'll be 8.20 a.m. It'll be live on uh, on all of our Twitter pages. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Elliot. We'll come back, get to your phone calls. We'll also talk to Jake Fisher on the Sixers trade deadline stuff. 215-592-9494 on Sports Radio 94 WIP.